Let's get past them today. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Modern Man Podcast, where we're on a mission to connect men in pursuit of their potential. If you're looking to show up as your best self and find the tools and strategies to be the best husband, father, son, brother, and member of your community, you're in the right spot. And I'm here on the call with Dr. Victor Manzo, aka Dr. Vic, mindset coach, chiropractor, and just all around awesome guy. Chicago Cubs fan like myself? Oh, yeah. Massively. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, man. How you doing? I'm good, brother. Thanks for having me on. I am excited to be here. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm excited to jump into today's topic about kind of mindset coach and chasing potential, because I always say we're on a mission of connecting men in pursuit of their potential. But a lot of times we don't get a clear picture of what our potential looks like. And, and if you ask me, I think a lot of us are settling for a mediocre life when we have the capacity to do so much more. So I love kind of starting with, you know, our guest stories or our personal stories to kind of help bridge that gap and kind of depict that example for folks. And I know you have a history of kind of like breaking personal barriers, being the first doctor in your family as a chiropractor. How was that in terms of chasing an advancement that you didn't have an example in front of you to chase? You know, man, it was one of those things where I grew up seeing my family struggle. You know, I come from a blue collar family and, you know, there was things that, you know, growing up, I had family members who got like everything they wanted. They had a gazillion video games, multiple systems. And then here I am hoping I can get one system called Nintendo or maybe Super Nintendo when it came out, actually. Yeah. And I had to save up my money to get it and stuff. And so I didn't want to have that, but I also wanted to help people. I always had a drive to help people. I didn't know at a young age, I wanted to be a chiropractor. I had, I had no clue of that. You know, from nine to like 11 and a half, 11 years old, I went to a chiropractor and helped me with my bedwetting issues and other things. My mom took me there. But other than that, I didn't get exposed to any of it. And it wasn't until I was 19 where I had some some health issues showing up, nothing, nothing with a, a label to it. But there was a lot of things that just didn't make sense. And I was eating well. I took supplements. I played rugby for Arizona State. I was in the tip top shape of my life. And yet I kept having struggles and it, it took a while to go to the medical doctor just because of timing. And, you know, by the time I came home and when they can get me in, but um, my mom was like, Hey, go see Dr. Frank. And that was our chiropractor. And so I went and it was a, it was a mind boggling experience that, you know, I kept telling him like, you're going to do what to my neck and that's going to take care of the acne on my back or my digestive <laughs> issues and all this other stuff. And he's just like, Oh yeah, we're going to take care of that even more. And I was like, I trust you because my mom has been going to you for eons. So I'm like, you know, I'll trust this process. And uh, man, I got that and more. I got in the best shape of my life. What I mean, I mean, I mean, I was in good shape. I mean, strength wise, conditioning wise, all that. But my body didn't reflect that. Like I didn't have eight pack or six pack abs. I didn't have any of that. But three months of chiropractic care didn't change anything. And I had that. And that was really mind boggling for me to see that also. So that's when I decided to become a chiropractor and choose that path. And I was very driven to help people with my background in nutrition and other things. I wanted to just help individuals become the best that they can be. So living to their potential through chiropractic care. And that was my journey for a while. But then I got to a point where, you know, I was, I love the whole mindset stuff part of life. I was studying so much of that early on in chiropractic school, being an energy medicine practitioner. Uh, I started studying universal laws. I want to understand, you know, quantum physics. I want to understand healing at the lowest level, the, the, the most smallest level that makes the biggest impact. Mm-hmm. And mental stress, emotional stressors kept coming up, showing how it creates discord in our body and all these other things. And I was like, how can I help teach my patients? 
how to shift their mindset with their life. <laughs> and that was one of my missions and goals as I started to do that. And that's what kind of turned me into leading to becoming a business mindset coach because I looked at, well, how can I help individuals thrive in life? And I started, you know, early on, coming from Chicago, I'm a big fan of Michael Jordan, the Bulls, and the whole era of that. Michael Jordan is one of my favorite athletes of all time. And seeing why was he great, right? That's something that always piqued my interest in mindset. Michael Jordan, if you really look at him, when you look at you know all the players of his era before him and after, he wasn't like the strongest, the fastest. Um, yeah, he had a mean vertical jump, but it wasn't like he had the the natural talent like a LeBron James has, where he's yeah. bigger, stronger, faster. The dude's a beast. And he's a beast. He's an absolute beast. But look at Michael Jordan in the sense of performance. In my opinion, I think Michael Jordan is a better player because he had a different, he has a different mindset. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Because when you talk about mindset and kind of stretching that field, right? Because I would say what Michael Jordan did for the sport of basketball versus what LeBron James did for the sport of basketball would be kind of comparing apples to oranges. I think Michael Jordan was so advanced and ahead of the game at the time. When you're kind of doing the same thing in your family or for anybody that's listening, who's doing something that their environment has never done before. Right. And that's why mindset's so important because a lot of times we get that resistance. We get that inertia. And that's kind of the limiting beliefs of others being projected on us, which kind of holds us back. So, kind of tapping into that mindset aspect, you're so right. You could be in the best shape of your life, but your energy doesn't reflect it, or the best shape of your life, but your productivity doesn't reflect it. How does rewiring that mindset, especially when that environment around you might not be the most fertile soil to grow in, how does rewiring that mindset and building that fortitude kind of change the trajectory of somebody's life? Totally. You have to, you know, everything in life is perspective. And the beautiful thing about mindset is you just have, I call it flipping the script. You just got to shift it and look at it somewhere else. Because like, my journey to becoming a chiropractor, I had to go a lot, go through a lot of barriers. I had my dad who wanted me to be in computers. He said, computers is where the money is. And my dad, he still didn't understand the whole concept of me becoming a chiropractor. Not that he wasn't supportive or anything like that. It's just he ha- he felt that within his heart, computers is what I should have been doing. That's why I went to Arizona State. I wanted to go into computers. And then I finally chose my own path. I mean, there's hiccups every step of the way. But what I would do is I learned this at an early age is I used to take my anger or frustration or the negativity and I would shift it into inspiration and motivation mm. and to help me to keep moving forward. Because the greatest, I want to say revenge, because it sounds like I have something against my dad, which I don't, but the greatest part of revenge, you know, the greatest, I forgot how this quote goes now. <laughs> it's about success. The sweetest part of revenge is success, becoming successful. And so for me, it was, you know, it wasn't like I wanted to be, I don't care about accolades. Like I was the first doctor in my family, or I was the first one to go to the highest education. I didn't care about those things because for me, it was what did I want to do for me? And when people would challenge me or, or you know, even when my dad wanted me to go work with, you know, I had an opportunity to go work with, potentially work with uh, Dr. Frank when I came out. And then I decided it just wasn't right for me. And I wanted to go a different route. My dad was really taken back by that. Like, I don't understand why you, you know, this is, you got an opportunity to learn from someone who's successful in this and that. And I was like, no, I want to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And the point I'm trying to get at is that 
When you make a choice in life, you got to go through it and see it through. A lot of times people make choices and they don't do that. They cut it short. Or if it's, you get a little bit of a struggle three, four, five months in, it may not move the way you want to. You kind of turn it around. And there's a great book called Three Feet from Gold that discusses how about you want to keep going for it because you never know when you're right there. You're, it could be the slimmest margin before your breakthrough and you just never know. So answering the question all in full together of everything I'm sharing is that you have to shift and see things from a different perspective. And you get to choose what that means for you. Michael Jordan never wanted to play with the greatest players ever. <laughs> he wanted to go against them. That right there is a mindset that he, he he had this viewpoint that I need to play against the best in order to continue to be the best that I can be. Not be the best, but be the best that I can be. And I think that's what I loved about Michael Jordan and what I loved about learning from him that is, and it is different from LeBron James. It's that the whole, the whole game is different from Jordan's era versus LeBron's, you know, all these different things, but mindset's mindset. He had that thing about him that I just, I admire. And when the last dance came out, I was like, it brought flashbacks and I got to see it from an adult perspective than from a kid perspective. Yeah. And I took that personally. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with the mindset though, and, and something you've touched on a couple of times, and it makes me think of identity because you, you talked about what you wanted for yourself, right? And I know with when you work with clients, you dissect the beliefs, the blocks, the behaviors, habits, and patterns of thinking. These are the things that like we develop almost through osmosis growing up. Our view and our perspective of the world is almost prescribed to us based on the environment in which we came up with. It really takes some really comfort and strength in a personal identity to kind of question all that. What's on the other side of that work? Because that's so hard for so many people who might look through social media, who might be posting for validation and might be looking for that next affirmation from somebody else, but they don't have that that core sense of identity that kind of guides their North Pole. How important is that, man? It's critically important because on the other side of that is your freedom and fulfillment. Mm. It's you. It's what you want. You know, too many times where, you know, there's imposter syndrome. That's a new thing that's coming up now. And, you know, it's one of those things where, like in my new book, I wrote talking about decoding the matrix and it's all about how we're conditioned, how we're influenced, right? And what happens with the brain and how the brain works is when you are conditioned between ages zero to seven, there's all these beliefs and all these conditioning from the nervous system, from the brain perspective, nervous system, how these habits get conditioned in and your experiences get conditioned and so forth. And it is, it can come off scary because when you go into the sense of uncertainty, the brain freaks out and it goes back into, it senses, it creates a fear response in your nervous system to have you go back to where you were. It's, it's, it's just like, hey, we don't know what that is there. That's danger. Let's go back here. This is what we know. And once you realize that your brain is truly designed just to keep you comfortable, that's really what it's designed for. It's a survival mechanism to keep you comfortable, which keeps you moving on and having an experience called life. Once you understand that principle, then it becomes the point of, well, what I need to break out of that in order to create my fulfillment. Because when you stay in a place of comfort, that's a dream killer. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean a dream. I'm, I'm talking like your real dream, the thing that really matters to you, because there's too much things in life now where, you know, if I say what, you know, business, I talk, I work with business owners. And so I'll ask them, what do you want to do? I want to have a seven figure business. I want to double my, double my sales. I want to do the, I want to have this, 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 this. And I'm like, great. But why is that important to you? Because what I want to know is where's the conditioning at? Because when I actually do the work with them and I actually get down to what really matters and they don't, they don't know because they never really tapped in. They just go with, well, this sounds great. I'm going to go with this. And a lot of us live too much up here. 
You know, we live too much in our mind from an electro, you know, from an information era. We don't live. We don't. If I asked, hey, you got to tap into your intuition. And if I told that to someone who's in the business world, they're going to laugh. They're going to be like, what do you mean intuition? Because it's all about mental aspects of things. But how do you tap in? How do you feel? You know, if you really want to find fulfillment, you got to go in the feeling. If you really want to break the barriers of a belief system or your subconscious mind and reprogram it, you got to go into the feeling. And I don't mean, you know, I mean, being aware of how your body feels, use it as a tool, but also your emotions and other things. This is where the game changers becomes because once you start to choose what you want to have, the experiences in life that you want to have, and you go after it and you get it, all of a sudden you step into a creative perspective because now you're like, well, what else can I create? What else can I have? What other kind of life do I want to have? And that's something I'm going through right now. I basically six months ago, walked away from a very, very successful chiropractic office business that I had one of the leading, one of the biggest pediatric offices in Illinois. And it was one of those things where my wife and I wanted to choose happiness. We didn't like where we lived. We, you know, we liked where we lived for the life it supplied for us, but we didn't have the, the freedom that we wanted. And we didn't have other aspects that were just missing. And we really asked those hard questions and say, you know what? Maybe it's worth walking away to go after our happiness. And if things don't work out, we can always fall back to being going back to chiropractic because I, I, I ran a business before. I know how to do that. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to create a different life. And I wanted to get into coaching. I wanted to help people in business. I was already doing coaching, but I wanted to take that full time. I wanted to have the freedom. I call making the six-hour work week. That's what I'm working towards right now. So I wanted to ask, what does that look like, right? That process for somebody who's like, man, I got to break this down. I don't know what I want because I'll be honest, uh, I've gone through, you know, ask yourself why seven times I'm kind of rearranging things that you think are important when you get it might not be as important as you thought it was, you know, shout out to anybody who's experienced any level of financial success only to find out that that threshold, $100,000, $500,000, a million dollars doesn't provide anything more than the next finish line. So what does that actual process look like? How long do you think it would take for somebody to really boil down to what is they actually want? Love this question. You know, I was that guy who hit that pinnacle peak financially, made so much money. That I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe we're, you know, my wife was like, how much do we make? And I'm like, yeah, this is great. Don't even question it. Let's just keep moving forward. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't even, don't even, we're doing unbelievable. Just don't even, yeah. but then don't there came the a accounts, point just- Make sure the yeah, don't, don't worry about it. Just, you know, because she'll be like, what can we get this? And she'll be like, why do you want to get this or this? I'm like, we can't. She's like, how, how are we? And I'm like, I'll show you. But what happened was, is you, you had that lack of fulfillment though, right? Mm-hmm. It's just another check mark. So how do you get back to knowing what you want? Again, when you ask the question, why seven times, you're still in your head, right? It's still a head thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's, it's some people, I had an argument with, so not an argument, but just a, somebody was like, well, you ask questions and that's how you find things. I said, questions are great. I am all about questions. It allows you to go deeper within, but the problem with questions is you still have to come from a mental perspective. I said this, if you want to find out what you love to do, the easiest thing to do is what would you do that you didn't have to be paid to do that you would just love to do for free. You just, not that you love to do for free. You just, you would do it. You love it so much that you didn't care if you got paid or not. Yes. <laughs> it's simple as that, right? But then you can take it even further. Now you say, okay, well, that's great. But you know, hey, I got to make a living. Well, that's fine. But again, again, fulfillment or making survival, right? It's two things you want to look at. And so the other way you can look at it too is getting into the feeling aspect of what brings this like inner joy in you. Like for me, it's very easy. I love helping people. I just love to help people level up in their life. But more importantly, find out who they really are. That's like my purpose in life, raise the consciousness of an individual, whoever I'm exposed to, to help them remember the greatness of who they are. That's my vision statement. And so it's one of those things where 
you know, when you're looking at your, you know, your life, it's, it's it, what gets you so fired up feeling wise that you don't need to go listen to a motivational video to be, in, you know, to get the energy to do what you want to do. Like for me, I don't need to listen to motivational videos. I haven't had to listen to one in over three, four, five years. I'm inspired by what I do every single day that moves me forward. So it's, it's knowing and finding out what truly matters for you that you would do for free, but it's also a feeling. It's a light bubbly feeling. It's like meeting or meeting a girl or your spouse, wife, partner, whatever, for the first time you get that nice honeymoon. It's that kind of a feeling similar, but a little different, but it's being aware of that. And once you get very aware of that, that's where you go, start to move forward to. And it's every time you do the work, it should inspire you more and more. That's Mm -hmm. another hidden little clue because I learned that over time where the more I got into, when I made the shift in my business, I went to pediatrics and so forth, man, I couldn't get enough of it. I couldn't create enough workshops. I couldn't create enough systems. I couldn't create enough, you name it. I just loved doing what I was doing because I was creating, I was serving to kids and helping change their lives, which helps so much more down the road. And I've always told guys, like, for me, that's where I think the riches are. I'm comfortable in saying everything I do right now for a living that I get paid for, I first started doing for free. I first started doing meteorology with a little tiny flip camera back in the day before we had camera phones and would kind of find where the storms were in Long Island and record it with the little flip phone and my little, my little notepad talking about how much rain fell. But I did that before I ever had a job as a meteorologist, right? I'm recording a podcast before I ever get paid to podcast. And these are all things that I could look back and say, okay, everything I do now, which gives me a living, I once did for free. And my joy in it is what garnished the pay. So a lot of guys try chasing, they try chasing the riches, they chase the money and they end up finding they either get the money and not the fulfillment, or they end up getting into the challenge. And at some point in time, it's it's just not worth the money anymore, right? The, the headache, the stress and all this, it's not worth the money. So they stop. So I, I wholeheartedly agree in terms of finding what makes you feel alive and chasing that wholeheartedly and getting into the depth, which makes you one of the best in the world at it. And I don't think that's an audacious goal. I think that's very possible because there's countless things in the world to do, which means there's countless ways you could be the best in the world at something. You can find so many people who have a, a Guinness world record off of some random thing, like the most push-ups underwater with, I guess, a koozie in their hand. But I want to talk about something you said not too long ago, chasing the four-hour work week. And I saw kind of through my research where you mentioned you were able to now work 14 and a half hours, making the same amount of money you were making when you were working 28 hours a week, which at the first jump, how do you go from 40 hours to 28 hours a week? Because that sounds like an improvement to a lot of people. But let's talk about that, compounding our efforts to maximize the return, because I think that could change so many people's lives if they can kind of just hone that in. Totally. We're not taught this. I mean, self-help, personal development, entrepreneurs, business, you, you hear the messages. They don't, they don't speak too much on this. But it was, you know, I, in my office, originally, I used to work 28 hours a week. That means I'm in the office serving patients, helping and so forth. That doesn't mean that's all I work. It's also on the business stuff I had to do. Mm-hmm. But there came a point where I started to go, you know, when I hit my, my pinnacle peak financially, I was like, this is not, I don't have the practice I want. I just saw how I was so conditioned into what I thought was successful and I had to make a change. Then there came a point where I'm like, well, law of least effort states the least amount of work to get the greatest gain. There's also another law called the law of diminishing effect. There is only so much work you can do before you start losing the effect of it. They're very similar in in their definitions. And I was like, how can I make that a reality? I'm like, how can I really 
maximize my time. I read Tim Ferriss's book, Four Hour Work Week. I loved it. And that was a couple of years ago before that. So I was like, I really got serious with it. And I said, okay, I started looking at my schedule and I'm like, how can I start shrinking this and really get more effective at what I do? And we started looking at our schedule. We started moving some stuff around. And I said, you know what? I can. I looked at my wife because she worked in the office with me. I said, we can get an 18 hour work week, working three and a half days a week. She was like, awesome. And she's like, I would love that. So we did that. And then I was like, next year comes around and I'm like, let's see if we can go down the 14, 15 hours. She's like, of course, my wife's like, yeah, if we could do less, that's great. I was like, let me look at my schedule. Let's see what we have. And so, and then of course, there's people that say, oh, if you do that, it's gonna be harder for patients to come in. You're creating another barrier for not letting patients come. And it's like, again, when you live authentically to what is important to you, everything's gonna work out. Everything's gonna work out. I have never seen it not for my life, for clients and so forth. So then we started to say, okay, how can I practice this law of least effort? Least amount of work to get the greatest game possible. So we cut our hours to 14 and a half hours. And every time we cut our hours, yes, we took a hit 10, 15%. But then in six months, we broke records in our office. Hmm. And we continue to do that from time and time again. So what this all is, and the principle, to share the principle with the listeners and everybody, it's how do you be intentful and maximize your energy and what you do at every single moment? So my whole question to myself was, is how can I be more intentful with my patients to do what I need to do to serve them at the highest level that I have the highest energy to help serve at, right? The law of diminishing effect. If I work long hours, my effect on my energy is going to be less over time because I only have so much. Does it make sense? Mm -hmm. So I started to say, how can I be so focused, so in the zone, so centered with my patients that I can go in, adjust, do what I have to do, get out, move to the next patient, and I serve them at the highest level that I can possibly give. And what came out of that was massive growth in my office because I was putting 100% of my energy into serving, present moment, all that good stuff. And when I was able to do that, when you have higher energy, you start to create manifest more. Mm. And so everything started to work. I started to work less and I started to gain more and I started to have more time to do stuff. And with that 14 hour, 14 and a half hour work week, I was able to do coaching. I was able to write a book, start a podcast and do other things that I enjoy doing. And that's kind of the message I teach my clients and how I teach people is how to be so intentful managing your energy because it's not about how much you do in a day. It's about how, how the quality of the work you do, because it's better than this is, this is a billionaire mindset. Yeah. They don't do a gazillion things. They focus on one, two, maybe three things. And it's what's the most impactful things and the most energy they put into that's going to keep moving the needle forward. And when I learned that from them, I said, how can I master that? And now I have it to where it's down to where, like I said, a six hour work week is what I'm creating. I'm starting, you know, when you're in the beginning of a business, you spend a little more time on things, but there comes a point where I have my systems already in place for a six hour work week. It's just got to get to that point. I love that you said that the systems processes that lead to that, because that was something I learned the hard way in doing this podcast and building my business. It's kind of like, why is this taking so long? And then as the systems have kind of come into place, it's crazy that I put out a podcast or I could put out three podcasts in the time it used to take me to do one. And that's all from kind of getting more honed in on the systems behind it. Do you practice any like time blocking at all? Are you familiar with that? So I may not know the term, but time blocking, just explain what time blocking is. So it might be what you do because I kind of got familiar with time blocking. I used to show people my calendar where I started by scheduling my sleep. And then from my sleep, I kind of like reverse engineered my work schedule and just reverse engineered like the biggest chunks of time to the smallest chunks of time. And for me, I have a color coordinated 
Google calendar that people look at, they're like, doesn't that give you anxiety? I'm like, it actually gives me the exact opposite. It allows me to allocate time to just about everything. And it's funny because I posted in the modern man group earlier today, I said, your day goes so much smoothly or so much smoother when you're prepared for it. So for example, the time to prep for this interview was scheduled at a different time. So when the time came to sit down and do this interview, I'm not scrambling. I'm just ready to sit down and talk. Is this something that you kind of practice in some shape or form? Might not call it time blocking, but really kind of intentionally spacing out and putting into different cabinets and compartments when and where you do things. Absolutely. I I try to, I don't stick to it a hundred percent, but it's a guide for me to follow. But yeah, I totally do that with the color coordinating on the the calendar and so forth. And I teach it as managing your energy Mm. because time management is energy management because you you always have time. You know, you want to, again, how intentful can I be with something? I give myself a certain timeframe to get something done. And I found out through just studies and other things and my own experiences, how when you set a deadline for something or a timeframe for something, when you're just like, I'm giving myself one hour to get this done. Mm. It's amazing how you get it done in that hour. And you thought maybe it would have took two hours or three hours. No, I totally do that. And it's critical to do because if you don't set the intention of the day and how you want your day to go to what's important to you, you're going to miss the boat. You're going to be all over the place. You'll be scattered. And so every day, every week, actually, I set my, my whole week out. And then every morning I look through my schedule and organize because what if I maybe not got done the day before, or maybe I got some other things done. I kind of reschedule my schedule. Mm -hmm. So that way I have time for work. I have time for recuperating, doing other things for myself, family time and all that good stuff. Yeah. Talking about mindset, man. I fought it so much. Like, why am I going to spend all this time writing down? Like I have my Google calendar. I have like my planner over here, just like the days, the top three goals each day to accomplish. And each week I have to lay out the goals and stuff. And this is a quarterly planner for anybody watching on YouTube. This thing's thick. That's not, that's not for just a couple of weeks or for the year. That's for three months. And it's kind of helps me keep in track with my goals, but I used to fight that so much. And talking about mindset, right? For me, it was almost oxymoronic to think spending time planning my whole week out and writing it down. I'm like, well, I just put in my phone. I'm good to go. But kind of there's something about laying it all out and knowing what to expect that helps the effectiveness of the process. And maybe because we fight so much is why we struggle so much. And and one of my last questions kind of, as we come towards the end of this episode was, you know, so many of us struggle and we talked a lot about kind of the identity we have and going against some of our environment and really kind of honing in on finding out what we want and chasing that. And for a lot of us, a lot of men listening and a lot of guys in the group have that ambition, right? And they have that goal and they're looking for that next level. They're chasing their potential. They've probably started a business looking to scale it, but for some reason, something just hasn't clicked and we still struggle. We're still trying to you know, find that vibe or we wake up in the morning, we're pursuing our purpose, but it just doesn't lighten us up. Why is that? And, and what would you recommend to kind of try and change that narrative? I think for men in the aspect of masculinity and looking at us, how men, the consciousness or understanding of how we are is we have to have this mental toughness, right? We have to strive. We got this warrior, the architect. We have to just keep grinding through. We have to just go all in and you know be a certain way. What that does on the other side is it creates resistance because you are resisting, thinking you have to have resistance to fight. And when we do that, 
what you're in resistance is the cause of all our suffering. It's the cause of all reasons why we're not achieving where we're going to. Cause when you create resistance, you're blocking the energy flow. You got to understand that the universe is always there to support us. It's always there to help us. You can call it God, Allah, whatever the name does not matter. There is a force regardless that is there to support us. And the thing is, is when we can just go back to understanding this one principle I can share from a mindset perspective, this is what I take all my clients through is that, you as an individual, what you see in your mind's eye is going to create into your reality. Bob Proctor said, what you see in the mind's eye, eventually you're holding your hand. Your mind's eye is another name for your imagination, your visualization and creativity, right? All billionaires do this. All millionaires for the most part do this. They understand the power of this. Steve Harvey talks a lot about this and how he met so many more people who are well off than he is. And they all do vision work. And so the thing is to, re- to remove some of that resistance is really declare the vision of what you want to create in your life. And I don't, you know, as earlier today, I talked about my my vision in life. I had my vision statement for life. That's my mm-hmm. purpose why I'm here. But there's also other visions like in business, relationships, mindset, health, your mission in life, your purpose, and so forth. And when you get really in a line with those things, now all of a sudden, the work isn't as hard. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to still be a journey to get there and it's going to take time and space. It's going to but it's a lot less because you remove some of that resistance. You're declaring what you want to create for yourself. And then you just set the path and the actions to make sure they're in alignment with that. And when you do that, you don't create resistance. Mm-hmm. And when you don't create resistance, it's easier to be in the flow. When you have flow, now all of a sudden you have energy that's allowing you to create the life you desire. And that's the big difference. When I'm working with entrepreneurs, especially I see this a lot and I have to break through the resistance and show them how they're creating that resistance. And then how can we have it be something different? And then once I can get them to shift to the other side, they get blown away how fast things start to happen. Yeah, man. It's just like my buddy Charles always says that he's like, everybody wants to have the bravado. Like I'm hustling and everything's hard. He's like, I don't want a hard life, man. I want to be smooth. I just want to be smooth. That's what I'm all about. I want it to be like, I, I, I want it to be so easy. And I've, I've said it before, why, you know, and that's, that's the journey I'm on. And I, I think I, I finally, at this point in my life, kind of have it figured out to where it is so simple to point out because we feel like we have to fight all the time. And the reality is, is you don't like, there's no one there to fight against you. The only person you got to compete against is yourself, just mm-hmm. helping yourself grow. I was the easiest way. If you want to be successful, this is the, here's the, I'll leave it with, I'll leave it at this. The easiest way to be successful is just have gratitude every day for every little thing that shows up, the smallest things. Just be appreciative of sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I don't know what to be grateful for, but I'm just appreciative I can get up and I'm creating today. I'm appreciative beyond this podcast today. I'm appreciative that I had time to talk, you know, do this or do that. And it's just like, I just have appreciation and joy for that. And when you start to do that, your vibe's higher. And when your vibe's higher, you can start your, when you, when you raise your vibe, then all of a sudden your mind has to link to that. So what does it do? You start to pay attention to the things around you to connect with that vibe. So you're going to start to see success a little faster, a little sooner. As long as you manage that energy, you'll be able to create it faster. Dr. Vic Manzo out of Chicago, Illinois to Nashville, Tennessee. It's been a vibe this whole entire episode. We appreciate the expertise, the passion that I could definitely hear. And before letting you go, I definitely want to make sure that our audience and our members and our Facebook group can follow up with you, link up with you and get in touch with you if some of the work that you're providing and some of the services would be helpful to them. So I'd love to find out how folks can connect with you and and learn more about breaking their mindset and, and resetting. 
I appreciate that, brother. My website is the best source, empoweryourreality.com. You got, uh, I got some free sources on there, my podcast, blogs I do. If you scroll to the bottom, you can connect with me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, doing that. I got a new book coming out end of the May. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. It's available in Audible. It's going to be available paperback, Kindle, you name it. You can find it anywhere though. And that one is all about, if you liked what I was talking about, like breaking down the conditioning of the brain and the mind and life and how to really discover your potential and start your spiritual awakening, that what this book is all about. But yeah, man, that's where you can find me, connect with me, DM me if you have questions. I love getting messages. I do respond to them. And uh, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, no, definitely. I'll have all the links in the show notes for everybody to follow up with. Guys, this has been an amazing episode. Challenge that mindset, find your identity, rewire yourself, find out what it is you want and go for it. If you need assistance or you need a coach, the best way to do it is having a coach and somebody to help you along. Be sure to reach out to Dr. Vic Manzo Jr. I see the JR with the name, uh, (laughs) Dr. Vic Manzo for some help with that, guys. I appreciate you rocking with us on this whole episode. If you got value from it, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button for a new episode each and every single week. Share it with somebody too that you think will get some value from this because that's the best compliment you can give us outside of a rating, of course. We'll catch you guys at the next episode next week. Go out there and be some modern men.